You're listening to episode 92 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. Hey, welcome to today's pep talk. So it's a little different today, and today's topic is a little different, but it's something that's on my heart. But first, like always, I want to start you off with a little fun fact about me so you can get to know me a little bit better. Back in high school, I started a racial equality group of some of my nearest, dearest friends called ANC, or All Nations Combined, and the goal of this group was to bridge the gap between races, religions, people from different walks of life, and it ended up being a group of people who I called some of my nearest, dearest friends. So this has been something on my heart since I was younger, and it's the topic for today, because The world right now can feel heavy, but I think that's how things feel before change comes. And the reality is, is that there are groups of people who have felt this heaviness every day their whole lives, generations back. Like, they're feeling it now, their parents felt it, their grandparents felt it, their great-grandparents felt it. And we, who have not been in the trenches feeling that pain directly are now waking up to it because we're it's affecting us directly now and it's in our faces in a new way but it's not new news and I think that's an important thing to acknowledge of you know as a white woman you know is this really my plight is it appropriate for me to speak up what do I say how do I handle this what does this look like for me because I'm not a person of color And then remembering that it is my fight because even though I'm not walking in it, even though I'm not personally being the one receiving the negativity and the oppression, I've witnessed it. And that makes me morally responsible to stand up for the people who are experiencing it. When I see wrong, it is my role as a human being to stand up for what's right. And I remembered what I was taught, how I was raised, you know, always being told there, there is a seat at our table. When there is an injustice, you shine a light on it. Elizabeth, when your brothers and sisters are being wronged, you stand for what is right. Even when it's not popular, even when it puts you at risk, even when it's not comfortable. You protect and you serve and you love the underdog. You always put out your hand to to help and to serve. 
remembering those things that I was told by my grandparents and my parents and aunts and uncles and just letting that sink in. And as I'm, you know, we're in this climate right now, and I don't even want to call it a climate, like this isn't a new climate. This is just, this has been the reality for a very long time. But now that we are waking up to it, and the world is being shaken up to it, it's now about, for me anyway, navigating, okay, I know that I have to speak up. I know that I have to do more, but what does that look like? And as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a leader in different communities, as a leader in my own home, around the dining table with my own children, what does it look like to use whatever platforms, whether it be in your own home, like the platform of your home or the platform of social media? How do I do it in a way that's respectful to the people who are experiencing the pain, helpful to the people who need to be served and helped, and acknowledging how I can do better? And I think as a kid, I was blessed to be raised in a very diverse world, exposed to different religions, different races, and it became normal for me to be around people from all different walks of life, different economic status, like just that to me was a gift and a blessing, but I also was naive to it. Like I took it for granted and I thought as a kid that colorblindness was the goal, but to be... To say you're colorblind is to choose to ignore that there is a wrong happening to people of color, to the black people who feel like they are being oppressed right now in this time. And to say, oh, well, I'm colorblind. Everybody's the same. Everyone's equal in my mind is not enough because that leads to inaction because you're comfortable with how everything is while other people are sitting there with a thorn in their side. And it's not about claiming to fully understand. I don't understand. I will never understand because I haven't walked a mile or 10,000 miles in their shoes the same way, you know, you've gone through things in your life that people might not be able to fully understand, but they still can empathize with you. They still can support you. They still can do things to help lift you up through a dark time. And I think that's what we're, we're called to do. And I wanted to talk about a couple of things that are really uncomfortable and truthfully don't sit well with me. None of this sits well with me. And when someone says you have privilege, that doesn't sit well with me. Well, then I have to say, okay, well, what is privilege? What about that word is not sitting well with me? Why is it making me uncomfortable? And do the inner work to peel back the layers of the onion and say, where have I gone wrong? What can I do better? And I think sometimes... We hear the word privilege and we think, or at least I used to think, white privilege equals racism. Don't call me a racist. And then I did the work. I researched. I studied. I started to lean on the people who know more than me on these topics. I read. I listened. And I learned that privilege doesn't equal racism. Privilege is what you're born into. It's the fact that it's a head start. That's all it is. It's saying that because I was born with this color skin, it means that I will not face these battles that come with having a different color skin. And because of that, in certain ways, I have an advantage. I have a leg up. I have a head start. I am a few steps ahead when we start the race. And then I started to think when I started to do the actual work and started to ask myself, like, man, why do I get defensive? Why do I feel like I have to defend my stance? Why can't I listen more? 
Why can't I do a better job of being more inclusive in my business or in different categories of my life? And it's because this is hard. This is difficult. This is painful. This is looking in the mirror and saying, you know, where have I gone wrong? Where could I have done better when I thought I was doing well? And and that's a tough thing to do. And that's a leadership principle. It's like, where can you take ownership and and seek to improve, right? Seek to grow. And also as a leadership principle and what, you know, we saw done in the Bible time and time again with Jesus is we never leave a lamb behind. Like every single person he brought with him, every kind of person. And I saw someone post on social media and it really struck me. And it said, racism at its core is a belief that says, I'm made in the image of God and you're not. And it is a sin of all sins because it calls God a liar. So when we see these injustices, when we see our people suffering and we are not being active in doing more, it's not good enough. As a kid, it's okay. It's cute. Like, I'm colorblind. And, you know, there is, like, bigotry and hate and racism and even indifference, right? Like, it's not even active race. There are so many people that just are indifferent. Life just keeps going. The world keeps spinning. And it's easy to forget what's happening to the people around us. Indifference is as deeply cutting to people experiencing pain as straight-up racism. It's like pretending you don't see it. It's like being a bystander watching someone be abused and just letting it happen and saying, I'm going to turn my cheek just enough that I don't have to see it so I can remain indifferent to it. And as an adult, once we've learned these things, ignorance becomes a choice. And I think one of the mistakes I'm seeing people make, and listen, a lot of people don't know how to, to deal with this. My, I don't have the rule book. I have not gotten it perfect not even close. I have so much work I can do, so many things I can do better, and I'm committed to that. Just like in my marriage, I love my husband, and I am a good wife. I could be a lot better wife, though. With my children, I would give my life for those kids without even a, a hint of hesitation. I love them with my whole heart, but I certainly could be a better mother. There are areas for growth. Even when we're doing good, good's not enough. So know that you don't have to have it right. But some of the mistakes I do see people making and people who are not people of color, not BIPOC, not currently experiencing this pain personally, is that white people are making it about them. This is so hard for me. I'm so sad. I We need to do more. And they're like leaning into, you know, showing up on social media, bawling their eyes about how, how sad they are. Instead of putting that energy and action into serving people in need. And I think when you make it about you, that's where the phrase white privilege, that's why people get defensive is because they're making it about them instead of sitting and listening and understanding to the best of their ability, although they will never fully understand what is really going on. It reminds me of, you know, I see it all the time, especially now with social media, when someone loses someone, their person dies, like their spouse or, God forbid, their child or a parent, right? And people start coming to their social media platform, which I can't stand, by the way. It's like a pet peeve of mine. When people give their condolences on someone's Facebook wall, that's just me. I know this is like the world we're in. I just, I don't accept it. And, you know, so sorry for your loss. And it's like, 
a distant friend or someone that was like, you know, hasn't seen them in a decade. And that person that hasn't seen the woman who just lost her husband, right, posts a picture from like 1993, that one time that they connected at a barbecue of them with the person who died because we have to make it about us. It's like, oh, look, evidence that I know the person, like, let's make this about me. When the person that just lost their spouse is suffering and you're making it about you. That's kind of what this feels like. It's like I see so many people shifting the focus to how they feel when they're not being the ones attacked or or personally experiencing the pain. We see the world through our lens, right? Our perspective becomes our reality. So it's very common that in all things, we somehow make it about us because that's how we see the world. But in this moment, we have to shift outward. So what can we do? What are the things that we can do to be better, to be just better humans, better brothers and sisters in Christ, like whatever it is you believe, just better people standing alongside our brothers and sisters who are suffering and who have suffered for generations And I also want to say, I think sometimes people get caught up in the fact that when they hear white privilege, when they hear white fragility, when they hear about like Black Lives Matter, whatever, the reaction is, well, my life doesn't matter. Or, well, you don't know my pain. I've had cancer. I've lost a child. I've gone through this. My people have been oppressed. It's like it doesn't discredit any of your pain and suffering. It doesn't take away any of what you've gone through. It doesn't minimize your suffering. It is speaking to something separate. There's someone in my life that I will not mention that does this all the time. It's like, you know, we'll be talking and they'll ask me, you know, how was your day? And I was like, oh, I had a tough day. Well, I had a tough day too. It wasn't just you. It was tough for me too. It's like, okay. In me saying I had a tough day, it doesn't mean that you didn't. You just asked me how was my day and I told you I had a tough day. Stop making it about us. Some of the things that have helped me is to follow activists, scholars, people that I trust who are sharing information in an appropriate way and can shed light on what's really happening and what's truthfully what's been happening, right? So there's Rachel Cargill has a 30-day challenge. It's free and it's painful. Like if you are a white person of privilege, it is painful to walk through, but it is enlightening. On Instagram, there's a girl who I adore, Oh Happy Danny. Uh, Danny spelled D-A-N-I, and she has just uplifting spiritual content that is focused right now around everything that's happening in the world. Uh, Layla Saad has a book called Me and White Supremacy, also a very difficult read, but insanely eye-opening, and I've had to read it three times to get to a place where I'm not resisting it. And I'm being totally um, transparent. I am Rachel Ricketts on Instagram. She has some great resources too. So seek out, there's so many more. Like I can't even begin to, to share how many there are. So seek out people you trust. Seek out um, resources that are, are beneficial to help you learn and grow. And then speak up and show up. Another mistake, people are sharing a black square and and patting themselves on the back saying, you know, there's my solidarity message. I did it. I righted a wrong. And it's like, no, you literally did nothing. You know, so it's not 
I don't like the tone I'm taking with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I get frustrated because we're learning as we go and I'm seeing mistakes being made. But I think one of the mistakes is thinking that just putting up like we live way too much in a social media era. It's so annoying where we put up a post and we think that is action, right? We think that's enough. Don't even get me started on social media algorithms. You got like 3% of people even seeing that you put up the post. So you're not reaching many people. But this runs generations deep. This takes time. But inaction is just not right. And just just a post is, to me, inaction. So what what else can you do? It's like you can share your thoughts. You can make known your stance. You can say that this is wrong. You can be brave and stand up with the people who are suffering. But then maybe you can donate. You can donate to the NAACP or Freedom Funds or the George Floyd Memorial or Campaign Zero or there's so many different ones. Do your research. Find out that they're credible places to donate. You don't want to end up, you know, sending your money to that prince in Egypt who sent you an email saying that if you send him a million dollars, he's going to send you two million. Um, So make sure you do your research, but you can donate your money, but you can donate your time. You can spend time calling lawmakers, signing the petitions, showing up at peaceful protests, or just spending the time. Maybe you go educate youth on what's happening. Maybe you go donate time at the inner city boys and girls clubs, whatever it is that you can do to show up and show that you are not just hey, I'm here for you by putting up a post, but like, I'm I'm with you. I'm walking with you. Even though I don't understand your pain, I'm walking with you. And another thing that I'm doing is I'm talking to the people who are feeling it and experiencing it because they're black, because they're in it right now. They're suffering. They're literally scared that their 12-year-old boy is walking home from school and something might happen to them. These are real feelings and they're really hard stories to hear. But we need to hear them because we need to be more hyper aware of what is truth and what has been happening for really centuries at this point, but present day. History repeats itself and it is repeating itself. This is still happening. There's still inequalities in the workplace. There are still inequalities in the streets. There are still inequalities in so in education and so many different ways that when we have conversations with people who are experiencing it, assuming they want to have that conversation, you don't do it from an angle of, hey, I need you to help me. I need you to fix me. I need you to educate me. Do your own damn education. But you can have a conversation and say, I want to learn more. If and when you're ready, tell me about some times that you've experienced this pain. Help me understand. What was that like for you? And just shut your mouth and listen. Sit through through the stories of truth and hardship and pain and just listen. And it will be hard because you might hear things that lead you to feel defensive. But it's not about you. Take the time to educate yourself. There are books like White Fragility and the one I mentioned, Me and White Supremacy, which at this time of the recording is sold out on Amazon, which is a good sign. But you can get it on Audible. I'm still here blind spot, how to be anti-racist, so you want to talk about race, study history, study, you know, Jim Crow, study what has happened in the past, and then unnumb yourself so that you see that in many ways it's still happening. And then most importantly, acknowledge your own fears and acknowledge your own biases, acknowledge your own narratives that you might not even know you have because you were just conditioned that way. And it's not 
your fault necessarily. If you decide to do nothing from here forward when you become aware of something that's ignorance as a choice, it's your fault. But because you were born with a level of privilege, don't waste time on shame. Don't apologize for who you are, but make sure who you are is someone who stands by what is right. As an adult, you have a choice as to who you are, and it might take work to get to the person that you feel called to be. So do the work to unearth what's going on inside of you so that you can get to that place. We have an opportunity to see lifelong change in this country. It has happened decades before us. And what is happening right now is scary and crazy. And I pray every night for the police officers who are out there truly as good people defending our country, protecting us, the military that's now having to be called out to protect people. I pray for the peaceful protesters who are now targeted by these ridiculous terrorist groups that are coming out just instigating and causing trouble with their own agendas. I pray for our leaders of our country that they do what is right and not what is politically uh, beneficial for them. But we have a chance first in our own hearts, then in our own homes, then in our communities, and so on and so forth with our platforms to learn, to grow, to understand, to not make it about us and to make it about the pursuit of what is truly right. So I hope, like me, this doesn't sit well with you. Enough so that it is a thorn in your side to put you into action to change it. As always, I'm, I'm thankful for you, but if this is something um, you stand by and you believe and you want to learn more and you want to grow, I challenge you to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media and you know tag me, tag the incredible educators and activists that can teach us more. Let's spread this message of hope and healing and growth so that our world can literally be a better place for our children. Imagine that. The change is happening. The shift is happening. 2020 is a historic year. Don't be indifferent to it. Wake up to the change that's coming. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.